Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. I'm pleased to see you've once again returned to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we have a, a curious item for you to look at. It's a ram's horn. Now, usually a ram's horn has a clarion call that has been used throughout history to signify calls to action and great events. But this particular ram's horn, if you blow it, you'll hear nothing but the sounds of an ominous, deep, heavy, guttural breathing, which is very similar to something you'll hear in a certain A24 film that came out last year. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at Lamb. Lamb is a movie that came out last year. It debuted at uh, Cannes Film Festival in July of 2021. It made its theatrical release in September of 2021. And from the time I saw the first trailer, the ominous feel, the bizarre setting, uh, the bizarre circumstances that we see play out in the trailer, and then it kind of leads into that Beach Boys song, God Only Knows, which I love that song. And it just added such an odd and ominous and foreboding feel. As happy as that song is, it just added to the tension of what I thought was going to be one of those movies. Movies that at the end of it, I was probably going to say, what the F did I just watch? And that's not too far from how it actually played out. Now, I never got to watch Lamb uh, when it was in its original theatrical release. I don't even believe it played in any of the theaters uh, where I live, but I had uh, a bit of a, a vacation time off last week and I decided I was going to get caught up on some shows that I wanted to watch and I wanted to watch some movies that I hadn't had a chance to view and Lamb was one of those and it was everything I expected it to be and maybe even a little more. It was not as much of a horror film and I don't know as if they even really marketed it as horror, but I think a lot of people, it was marketed to horror fans, I think. And as such, I think a lot of horror fans expected more horror out of it. But really, what it was, was more of a, a folk tale. It was more like folklore, not even folk horror, just it, it felt like a, a folk tale. It very much felt like a Grimm's fairy tale with definitely elements of horror in it. Throughout the movie, there were a couple moments that were quite quite chilling and then the ending definitely had a horror feel to it and because this has been out for for quite some time not quite a year but but long enough that people that have wanted to see it have probably seen it yet if you haven't seen it and you don't want anything spoiled for you go watch lamb come back and listen to this or if you don't really care about spoilers spoilers don't bother you uh you're a person after my own heart and uh, we could proceed as planned. Now, Lamb really takes place on this isolated farm in Iceland. And I've talked a lot about, you know, isolation is such uh, an integral part of horror. And there's a lot of ways to convey isolation. 
of a character or a group of characters. But this took isolation quite literally. We're on this farm uh, nestled in the mountains of Iceland. It's a husband and wife, Maria and Ingvar. They own a, a sheep farm in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, that plays into the isolation. But really, we only get three well, I guess technically four or five characters in this, but uh, three main characters. We have Maria and Ingvar, the husband and wife. Uh, we have Ingvar's brother, Peter, that shows up uh, in the second act. Those are the, the three all human characters in this. We'll, we'll just throw that out there right away. But Maria and Ingvar, uh, they're on this farm. And for like the first 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, I'm probably closer to 20 minutes of this movie, there is absolutely no dialogue. It is just these two characters going about their daily life on this sheep farm. Now, it all starts off. What we find out is Christmas night. It's dark. It's howling winds of winter in Iceland. We see this sheep barn. The sheep are unsettled. There's something going on. There's something out here. We hear this breathing, this dark, deep, guttural breathing, breathing uh, and breeding uh, outside of this, this sheep barn. And there's something out there. You can't tell. You never see it. Uh, the sheep are trying to get away. Uh, then all of a sudden, you see this one sheep get out into the open and kind of collapse panting. And we won't get into what happened just yet. Well, we will get into what happened. Somebody somebody knocked that sheep up. Uh, whatever this dark, foreboding entity is. And, and you really, it, it plays in, this is one of the moments that really played into the horror of this folklore, this folk tale, because you don't know what this is. Is it some sort of beast? Is it some sort of demon? Is it something otherworldly? Uh, you don't really know. You, all you know is that because of the music, because of the score, because of the darkness around us, uh, because of the, the heavy, guttural, monstery breathing, that it is something not good that has just impregnated this the sheep and then we cut to the house where we still kind of hear the breathing but we see ingvar and maria they're listening to the radio you find out it's christmas eve and and then it, it plays out the rest of the the movie is, is pretty much daily life on their farm like i said the first 20 minutes or so of this movie is them just going about their daily routine and there's no dialogue between the two of them and it really plays into the distance between these two characters uh, they're just going through the motions. They're just going through their daily routine. And I don't know as if they really address it verbally or, or right away, but it, it turns out these, these two people have had a miscarriage and, or, or a stillborn baby or, or something to that effect. Uh, they've lost a child before they had a chance to know the child, which is horrible for any parent. And it, it's one of those there, but for the grace of God, go I. Uh, I couldn't imagine what it's like. I've known people that have gone through miscarriages and it just, it, it's hard. And, and these two people are going through the grief of that losing a child and probably not dealing with it in the best way. They've allowed it to, to cause separation between the two of them. They've caused, it's caused great distance between the two of them. There, there's no touching. There's no talking. They're just going through their daily routine, the chores. That's how they're dealing with this. And springtime comes and the sheep that they... They tend 
are starting to give birth and we see a couple births and then it comes to this one sheep i believe the the tag number on its ear is the only way we we recognize that this sheep is is the sheep in question but uh, 3115 uh u number 3115 is giving birth we don't see the actual birth like we do the other ones all we see is the expression on maria and ingvar's face and it's a, a bit of puzzlement once the lamb starts bleeding and uh and making noise it's surprise and then a little bit of odd delight especially on maria's face and she takes up the lamb wraps it up and starts carrying it around like a baby now all we see for the better part of this first uh, little bit of the movie is this lamb wrapped wrapped up in a blanket swaddled somehow so all we see is the head we don't know what's going on now granted the trailer really ruined what could have been a bizarre and unnerving surprise but then again you wouldn't really know what you were getting into if they didn't reveal it in the trailer but it turns out and after a little bit of slight glimpses here and there we do finally get to see that this is a human form with a lamb head and a lamb arm one human arm one kind of lamb hoof arm but they decide to raise this little lamb baby as as their own they name it ada which we find out later was the name they were going to give the the baby that they lost uh there's this really uh kind of a touching scene where maria takes this lamb baby to the grave of their lost child and it, it's kind of representative of a way that she's finally been able to move on from the grief of losing this child uh, because this new uh, baby in their life has brought so much joy. And and that's really what a lot of this film is about, going from that grief to finding happiness again during the second act. And they, they kind of break this up into chapters, uh, chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, uh, the three acts of the movie. Uh, in the second act, Peter, the brother of Ingvar, shows up. He's a a singer that's kind of fallen on hard times. He owes people money. He just kind of drifts around and shows up when he's kind of down on his luck. And he's shown up here. Leading up to that, there is a little bit of conflict between Maria, a little bit of Ingvar, but mostly Maria and you, number 3115, uh, Ada's birth mother. Uh, we see this sheep constantly at Maria and Ingvar's bedroom window bleating and and calling to Ada and Maria feels very threatened by this you know this is the birth mother and she she has claimed Ada as her own because of the human aspects of Ada and and this the sheep wants her baby back and is constantly calling to the baby at one point uh, Ingvar and Maria they left Ada in the house and they went to the barn to do something and you number 3115 takes Ada off and starts leading her towards the mountains they end up finding her and eventually Maria gets fed up with it and one morning before everyone's awake uh, she takes this you off with the family gun the family rifle and shoots and kills Ada's birth mother and then buries this sheep in a shallow grave which all happens as Peter shows up and he sees what goes on but doesn't say anything 
spends the night in the barn and they realize that he's there the next day. And like you would expect, he really doesn't understand what is going on. What is Ada? He sees this baby with a lamb's head and arm. And what are they doing with it? It's an animal. He asks Ingvar, Peter asks his brother, uh, what's going on here? And Ingvar turns to him and he says, happiness. And it really, again, plays into the fact that, you know, this this couple that was struggling to get by, struggling with their relationship uh, because of the loss of this baby, uh, were experiencing such grief that it was affecting their their relationship and their life. Uh, finally, you know, having that hole filled and to be able to be a complete family again, a complete relationship again, was just, it, it was very touching to watch. You know, when Peter shows up, you, you really feel uh, like something bad is going to happen. And it almost does because we see one morning before Ingvar and Maria are up, uh, Peter takes Ada out uh, with the gun and is going to shoot Ada. He's got the gun pointed at her head and then it cuts to Maria waking up. Where's Ada? Where's her baby? And she goes downstairs and Peter's had a change of heart and gets it now. And he and Ada are curled up sleeping on this recliner. And it was it was just a very touching moment. Uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about what that all, maybe some of the some of the themes behind that uh, a little later. But the rest of the movie is essentially them just living and enjoying the experience. Uh, you know, Ingvar and Maria uh, reconnecting and finding happiness again. Peter being an uncle to Ada and and their relationship. Now, there's a lot of innuendo in this that maybe uh, maybe because of the grief and the separation that uh, Maria and Ingvar were feeling after the, the loss of their child, that maybe there was some extramarital affair going on between Peter and Maria. He tries to rekindle that. Uh, she's keeps telling him no. And one day when they're this kind of partying, enjoying, doing a little drinking, uh, we we see this uh, family dog of theirs snarling at, at something that's coming. And, and we start to hear that heavy breathing again. And something kills this family dog. Ada, Ada sees something that's going on here. We never really see what she sees, but we see her looking at it. And then she goes inside and she's looking at pictures, like a ref, uh, pictures of sheep that are hanging on the wall. Uh, she looks in a mirror at herself. It really feels like self-contemplation, you know, like somebody when they look at themselves and, and are, are contemplating their own existence. It very felt very much like that. And it, it really, once you see the ending, it all kind of makes sense. But, uh, but the three adults... Uh, Ingvar, Maria, Peter, they're watching handball games. They're listening to music, dancing, drinking. Ingvar drinks too much. They put him to bed and Peter tries to make a move on Maria again. And she kind of uh, is resisting his advances. And then he uses, you know, what do you think? Uh, does Ada know what you did to her mother? Sort of trying to blackmail her into to screwing him. <laughs> one more time she ends up kind of playing along like she's into it again and then pushes him and locks him in a closet early the next morning she's taking peter to the bus stop and and she's telling him he's not he's got to go and, and he understands and it's not a very contentious situation at all there but while they're gone 
Ingvar wakes up, Ada wakes up, and they're going to go get this tractor that was that broke down on this mountain road. And they go there, try to get the tractor started. It won't start. They start walking home. And as they're walking home, you can tell Ada senses something. And all of a sudden, you hear this family gunfire. This gun that they, they have, this rifle that they have at the farm, it's got a very distinct sound. And Ingvar gets shot in the neck. And then all of a sudden, the camera cuts to this goat man holding this family's gun. He somehow got a hold of it. And it's a a goat's head with a human torso and I think goat legs. Obviously, Ada's birth father. He then shoots Ingvar again and Ingvar falls down. The goat man drops the gun and grabs Ada as she's trying to mourn the loss of her adopted father. And and this goat man, this ram man, as I've heard him called, takes Ada off into the mountains. Now, Maria gets home. They're not there. She goes searching for him. Uh, I believe uh, maybe through another note. I, it's it's hard to remember exactly. She figures they're going to, to fix the tractor. Maybe that's what the plan was. But she finds... I don't believe he's quite dead just yet, but she finds Ingvar, uh, you know, tries to cover up the wounds, but but he dies and she realizes that I, I don't think I can't remember, I don't think she sees Ada and the the Ram man, but uh but she's left there with her husband dead, her child gone again, the grief of all that. And it just it ends with her kind of standing there looking around in, in this abject grief kind of coming full circle from where she was losing a child again not only that but she's lost her husband and it it really plays into a lot of the the themes of this movie uh it's very karma centric you know she took ada and killed the mother of ada we have to imagine this ram man saw it so what did he do to exact revenge he took ada like she took ada from the mother and killed her mate just like Maria killed the Ram man's mate. And there's a lot of, you know, if you if you want to look at metaphor, this thing is full of potential metaphor about nature. When man uses nature for its own gain, when man takes nature for granted and, and exploits nature and nature fights back, nature, as Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park says, nature finds a way. Nature exacted its revenge in a uh, maybe a different way, maybe a fanciful way. Uh, it's definitely fantasy laden in that fairy tale, folk tale, folklore sort of way. But nature definitely got its revenge when man tampered with the natural order of things. And it also kind of played into the idea that, you know, grief uh, can cause people to make a lot of mistakes, can cause people to do things that maybe it's for the right reasons, but it's wrong in a lot of ways where, you know, this woman, Maria, is, is suffering such grief from the loss of her child that she takes this used child from her because she feels some sort of claim to it because of the human aspects of this lamb baby. And not only does she do that, 
but she she kills the mother she kills the you and of course like i said you know as karma dictates it, it all came back to her so the, yeah there's a lot to unpack there if you you know as far as metaphor goes with nature versus human nature and, and ecological uh, aspects you know there's a you know a lot of people describe this as an eco horror there's also a lot of religious symbology in this the u 3115 is impregnated on christmas day making ada a, a very christ-like figure peter is the uncle's name who who doubts this this christ figure in ada but then comes to be a believer even some of the posters for this movie showed maria holding ada as a baby and very much reminiscent of of pictures of the virgin mother and and baby jesus so there was a there was a lot of that christian centric uh, christ imagery in this as well and like i said there there's a lot of i mean this is definitely a folk tale this is very much uh, in the lines of folk horror because there were some horrific aspects to it like i said the the imagery at the beginning with the dark heavy breathing in, in the darkness and the animals the the sheep all being disturbed and, and by some some presence was very very frightening the the end where you show the ram man uh was very very much a terrifying image especially what happened with him shooting ingvar uh there are some dream sequences where maria is having dreams about lambs and and very much uh very dark and foreboding instances even the landscape was very haunting these these mountainous fields in in iceland where things never get quite dark you know it's it it's kind of like in a lot of the scandinavian countries where uh, it gets to a certain time of year where it doesn't get very dark at night and that can be in, like in uh, midsummer that can be very unsettling and unnerving where they're talking about it being evening and it's still light out uh the mistiness of this these mountain regions and and the haunting nature of the landscape and and plus this was such a beautifully shot film the landscape of iceland is uh, while in this movie, very haunting. It was very beautiful as well. And this this movie was very minimalistic in that way where it just really uh, focused on the things that mattered. The, the backdrop, the landscape, the beauty of that, the simplicity of just these two, sometimes three main characters, human characters. The dialogue was sparse. Like I said, there was no dialogue for like the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie. And what dialogue there was, was very minimal. And, and which kind of made it nice because this wasn't overdubbed. This was all uh, subtitles, which made a lot easier to, you know, it's it's hard to read subtitles when, you know, you just got line and line and line of dialogue back and forth, quick, you know, quips back and forth. It's hard to keep up sometimes. So that, that made it nice for trying to read the subtitles. And when the, when the dialogue was as sparse as it was, and it, like I said, this was very much uh, minimalistic in, in nature as far as movies go, but just had a lot to say with doing so little. And the special effects I thought were, were really good. The idea of putting this lamb's head on top of a baby's body, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to work. I was like, uh, it's, it's going to look hokey at some points, but it really, it wasn't bad. Even the Ram man that they show at the end, 
Uh, they they did a good job with that as well. So I was really impressed with that. The acting was really good. The the writing was spot on, spectacular. The direction was just over the top. And if you like a really good folk horror, folk tale, fairy tale type of story, much in the line and in the realm of what Guillermo del Toro does with a lot of his movies, uh, Lamb is going to be right up your alley. I encourage everyone to check it out. It's going to be weird. It's going to be unsettling at times. It deals with a lot of a lot of dark things. Sometimes in a lighter manner, but still dark. The subtext is dark all the same. And you're going to come out of this wondering, what the F did I just watch? But not in a bad way. And this is one of those, you know, A24, uh, they do a lot of good stuff. And then they do a lot of stuff that I'm like, eh, that was a little iffy. But uh, as far as A24 films go, this is probably one of their best. And I really enjoyed it. And I hope you do too. If you get a chance to watch it, check out Lamb. So thanks for listening to my thoughts on A24's Lamb. Just a spectacular chilling, haunting, and unnerving movie. Uh, check out more on our Facebook fan page, Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where we're always posting trailers of series and movies that are coming out in the horror, fantasy, and sci-fi genre. Got a lot. Uh, you know, things have kind of slowed down, but they're starting to pick up again. Uh, you know, we got some more things on the horizon, so I, I think uh, we've got a lot more to talk about here, uh, you know, in the weeks to come. And you can check that all out. Always posting articles from various sites that uh, that pertain to the the genres we love. Uh, I was trying to share those and, and my thoughts on uh, some of the subject matter. So check it out. Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop on Facebook. I want to thank everyone for listening. No matter where you're listening to this, please subscribe, download, share it with your family, friends, neighbors, uh, your uncle twice removed on your mother's side. Uh, whatever you have to do. Spread the word to anybody you know that loves horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. Uh, try to get the word out there about this podcast uh, if you enjoy what you're listening to. And uh, and I appreciate it. Leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. But whatever review you leave, uh, we certainly appreciate the feedback. And uh, until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!